Welcome to Brit David Podcast, as Pastor Tim brings us a new series from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, entitled, His Last Command, Our First Concern. The key to understanding the book of Acts lies in a very familiar verse, Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8 can serve as an outline for the entire book as we read about the disciples taking the gospel to Jerusalem, to all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A key to understanding my purpose in life is found in that same verse. Who is to take the gospel into those areas today? I am, you are. His last command should be our first concern. Here's Pastor Tim. For some of our folks who come, uh, who, who are able to come just on Sunday nights may not be aware just yet, that we have uh, this week began reading through the Bible together as a church and trying to do that in a way that may be different than what, what you've ever done before um, as a way just to maybe keep it fresh. Uh, we're reading it through alphabetically through the book. So we began this week in reading through the book of Acts and we will continue and finish the book of Acts this week. You'll get into Amos this week. Uh, we're going to keep all moving forward. You're going to outpace me right here at the very beginning because on Sunday nights, we're going to take time and go through that very same order and, and, and give you some keys to those uh, particular books. So tonight, we're in Acts, and appropriately, you know, if you were to write the, today's date, today is 1-8, right? Guess where we're headed Acts 1-8. <laughs> Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. Uh, you may want to jot some notes down there, and we'll turn to some other passages as well. I don't know that I would really say necessarily that Acts 1-8 is the most important verse in the book of Acts, but I will say that I think that it is the key to the book of Acts. In fact, a man by the name of Robert Morgan said Acts 1-8 is the key that unlocks the door of Acts and the gates of Christian history. I think he's right. I think Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8 is essentially an outline of the entire book of Acts in a single sentence. And it's important because as we get into it tonight, you'll see that it's, it's the Great Commission. It's what we are supposed to be doing. And if Acts are the Acts of the Apostles, if it is the church in action then surely we should see them fulfilling the Great Commission. If you look there in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, I'll show you what I mean by it being an outline. He begins by saying, but you. But you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples. He's talking about those disciples. And throughout chapter number 1, what you have is precisely that. You've got the disciples. The disciples, maybe we should say the disciples gathered you know, the disciples finally are gathered together uh, once again, and they have made up for uh, Judas being gone and added another member into their group, and you get to see all of that there in chapter number 1. Then Jesus says, but you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that's what you're going to find in the beginning of chapter number 2. The Holy Spirit is going to come on them with great power, like a mighty rushing wind, the Bible says. And what you see are not just the disciples gathered, you see the disciples gifted. The Holy Spirit comes into them and gifts them uniquely. 
that you know it's such an it's such an incredible thing for them to be able to to speak the gospel in a language it's a language in a language that they have not studied that they have not learned remember the bible says that they were untrained and uneducated men this is not a language that they knew but it was a language that was necessary because there was somebody in that audience who needed to hear the gospel in that particular language. And God gave them that. They received power when the Holy Spirit had come upon them, and that's what you find there at the beginning of chapter number 2. When you move on from there, and you move on in this particular verse, but you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me. This is the disciples going. They are to be witnesses of his. They are to be, we're going to get into that word uh, a little bit uh, before, we get, uh, before we get too terribly far. But they are to take the gospel message to others and be a witness of Christ. Now, where are they supposed to go? He says, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> well, think about this. We, we, we got to, uh, <clears throat> you shall receive power. That's the beginning part of, of chapter number two, right? You should be my witnesses. You should be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. That's what you find beginning in chapter number two. As chapter number two concludes, that's exactly what they're doing. They're being witnesses right where they are in Jerusalem. And that's going to continue on through chapter number seven. When you get to chapter number eight, things take a little bit of a turn. Things begin to grow outside the, the borders of the city of Jerusalem. Now they're going into Judea. They're going into Samaria. And they're going to do that all throughout chapter number 12. In chapter number 13, through the rest of the book, guess where they're going? To the ends of the earth. As Jesus gives the Great Commission, and as Luke writes this incredible story of those early disciples, he's simply following the Great Commission. He is doing and showing for us as a church what we are to do. This is what we are to do. To simply follow the Great Commission. What you have in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 is, is a message that is repeated often in the Scriptures. Every one of the four Gospels ends with some form of the Great Commission. Acts begins almost with the giving of the Great Commission. So let me back up and give you a little parentheses for just a moment. Because maybe you're looking at that and you're saying, well, well, why would they be different? If Jesus is giving them a Great Commission, then why didn't Mark say the same thing that Matthew says and, and Luke say what John says and, and, and Luke even say the same thing in the Gospel that he says in the book of Acts? Why would those things be different? I think it's because Jesus hammered this home to them Time and time and time again, especially for all of those days after his resurrection from the dead, as he met with them, sometimes privately, sometimes publicly, sometimes in a building, sometimes on a beach. Whenever he would meet with them, I think Jesus continually reminded them, you are about to take up the ministry that I'm leaving behind. You are about to be my hands and feet. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Great Commission is the last recorded words of Jesus 
before his ascension. They're important, aren't they? Then what I would say is his last command should be our first concern. This is Jesus' agenda for his church until he returns again. So Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 really is the key that you need as you read through this book to be able to unlock what God has to say to you and what he has to say to us as a church through our study of God's word. I think there are a number of things that you can pull out of this passage. I want to give them to you tonight. Number one, I want you to know that as you attempt to fulfill the Great Commission, that you have assistance. You have assistance. This is a promise. It's a promise from God of what he's going to do. And the great promise begins by Jesus telling you that you will receive power. Too many times we excuse ourselves from being a witness. You know that it took me three years as a new believer to ever get up enough gumption to try to share the gospel with any other person. Now, it's not that I didn't know I was supposed to. I just excused myself because of my personality. I felt like maybe, maybe people who share the gospel, that's for, that's for extroverts. It's not for introverts. I want to tell you something. No matter what kind of vert you are, <laughs> sharing the gospel is for you. And there are some people that an introvert can reach that an extrovert will never be able to reach. God can use you, and he's given you what you need. It's not about personality. Maybe you back up and you say, well, you know what? I, I don't know that I know enough. I, I've not been through evangelism explosion. I've not been through the faith training. I've not been through uh, uh, the three circles. I haven't been through the four spiritual laws. There's probably a five in there. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know the Roman road. I don't know any of that. It's not about the plan either. It's not. He didn't say, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive the plan that I want you to take to others. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. Sometimes we think that that's just a job for the professionals. It's just for the preachers. You know, after all, they've been to seminary. You know, they stand up there like they're so smart anyway. <laughs> Let them do that work. Or maybe it's not just for the preacher, maybe it's for the missionaries. I mean, that's, that's really what God's called them to do. So let's just give them money and send them on and let them do the mission work. It's not for professionals. It's for everybody. When he says you, he says it in a plural manner. If he were from the south, he would say, but y'all <laughs> will receive power. You, collectively, every one of you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you have all the assistance that you need. One of the most outstanding verses to me describes how the outsiders saw those disciples. You know, I mentioned it just a moment ago, the the Sanhedrin, is, as they're speaking before them, they say, man, these are unlearned, uneducated, untrained men. But he said, but we can tell that they have been with Jesus. That's what matters. 
If you're walking with the Lord, you've got a story that you can tell. Your testimony doesn't have to be the same all the time. It doesn't have to be what is always rehearsed. What God is doing in your life and through your life, somebody else needs to know. And you're the only one that can tell them that. What we need today are men and women, boys and girls, who walk with Jesus, who understand what it's like to know Him, to know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. They do. Do you know the name A.W. Tozer? I bet you do. This is a terrible quote from him. Sadly, I think too many times it's true. A.W. Tozer said, If God were to take the Holy Spirit out of this world, much of what we're doing in our churches would go right on, and nobody would know the difference. That's sad. I think one of the saddest verses in all the Bible is when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit had removed himself from Samson and he didn't know it and he went out just like at other times. I feel like we do that very same thing. Tozer went on to say this. He said, I don't believe in a repetition of Pentecost, but I do believe in a perpetuation of Pentecost. When we are filled with the power of the Spirit of God, that, that power, that word that he uses is a word that we get dynamic from, that we get dynamo from, that we get dynamite from. So we're talking about personal power. You're talking about plentiful power. You're talking about perpetual power that will give you all the assistance that you need in that very moment. You have assistance. Number two. You have authority. You have authority. You know, each one of those Gospels does end with the Great Commission. And Jesus does, I believe, keep telling them again and again and again to go do this. It's Matthew's recollection that, uh, that I guess it's the longest and likely probably is the most familiar to us. You know, Matthew chapter 28, though, he begins... The Great Commission, not usually where we begin. We usually begin with that go phrase. But he begins by saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. When you, when you move over to John's Gospel, you know how John presents the Great Commission? Jesus says to those disciples, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. I send you. You know what he says immediately after that? The Bible says that Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive, what? The Holy Spirit. That's where their power is going to come from, but it's also where their authority is going to come from. The authority and the ability to go and speak the words of Jesus is going to come by the presence of the Spirit of God in your life as you do that. It's not about, it's not about how clever that you can be. It's not about how, how good of an orator you may be. You know, when, when those disciples were speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost, the people didn't go, go back and go, man, I mean, those guys, man, they can preach. They are, that was outstanding. That was wonderful. No, what did they say? They say, those guys have been drinking. You know, they, they, they sound like gobbledygook. I don't understand anything that they're saying. They did not attribute or make the connection that that was what God was doing in them. 
But the authority that they had to speak that day came from the presence of the Holy Spirit in them so that they would speak like Jesus speaks. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I have so many things that I want to say to you, but I only say those things that I hear the Father saying. (laughs) Jesus would say, I have so many things I want to do, but I only do those things that I see the Father doing. Wouldn't you want to be like that? To speak the things that he speaks, to do the things that he does. When you take on the authority of the Word of God, and the Spirit of God within you, God's Word is what accomplishes its purposes. Remember from Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11? My Word will not return to me void, but will, <clears throat> but will fulfill the purposes for which I have sent it. He will do those things. What are those, what are those purposes? Well, in the Old Testament, we can read like we did last week in, in Psalm number 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And we, we can turn to the New Testament and see Paul exhorting Timothy to continue reading his Bible. He says, continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of. He says, from childhood you've known what the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through Christ Jesus. The Word of God leads us to salvation. So I don't have to worry about my words, whether, they're, whether they are eloquent or whether they make sense half the time. It is God's Word that takes a person's life and transforms them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.